It's time for the BCHL Podcast. Here's your host, Jesse Adamson. Hey there, welcome to the BCHL Podcast. We're back again with two more great interviews for you this week. But before we get to that, some news from around the league. The league announced earlier this week that they would be delaying the start of the regular season to January due to increased restrictions put in place by the Provincial Health Office. Originally set to start in December, the league will now target a January start date. With the league on pause for the next month or so, we will continue to focus our attention on the BCHL alums excelling in the NCAA, and there are certainly lots to choose from. This week, we have a couple of those players in Arizona State University goalie Evan DeBrower and Rochester Institute of Technology forward Will Calverly. First up, we'll speak with DeBrower, who spent two years in the BCHL, his first year with the Nanaimo Clippers, and most notably, his second year with the Prince George Spruce Kings, where he led the team all the way to the Fred Page Cup final. He's now in his junior season at Arizona State, and after taking over the lead duties in net last year, he's looking to build on his success again this year. We caught up with him earlier this week and covered a whole range of topics, so let's hear what he had to say. So, Evan, you're in your junior season at Arizona State University. Uh, for, for some people that may not know about the school or the, the hockey program there, maybe tell us a little bit about uh, both of those things. Uh, yeah, the, the hockey program is, uh, it was the newest program in the NCAA um, before LIU joined this season. Um, and it was obviously slow, slow start for the program. Those first few years are always pretty challenging for a new program, but, uh, we've gotten to be pretty good now. And, uh, I think that we're always kind of a contender to get into the tournament and then hopefully make some noise once we get there. Um, and then the school, the school is great. I mean, obviously living in Arizona, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, it's, it's a pretty huge school. I think it's the biggest school in, uh, in the States. So, um, it's pretty awesome. A lot of palm trees and swimming pools and, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, the fact that you guys are in Arizona, I know uh, a lot of hockey fans and casual hockey fans, they hear about the Arizona coyotes who kind of get a bad rep around the NHL just cause, uh, their arena issues and, and sometimes a lack of a- attendance. But, uh, from you and your personal experience being there and being part of the hockey culture there, uh, what is the hockey market like in Arizona right now? Uh, I think it's, I think it's growing. I think, um, you know, there is issues with the Coyotes with their arena, which I'm not going to get into that. But I think as far as like for our games, I mean, we uh, we need a new rink. We're actually building a new rink right now. We just play in uh, in a small local rink right now that only seats about a thousand people. So um, we're definitely uh, in need of an upgrade, but that's coming shortly. Um, but as far as the support from the school, it's been amazing. Like. Um, we obviously sell out every game. It's not that hard to, but um, I think the hockey program has gotten a lot of, um, I don't know, interest from the school recently because we've done so well. Um, so I think we're we're starting to gain a reputation of, of being one of the top teams on campus. And I think, uh, you know, the student body really likes coming to our games. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh you know, when that new arena comes and apparently it's going to hold about 6,000 people, I wouldn't be surprised if it's sold out every night. 
And so earlier, you you also mentioned that uh, you guys are one of two independent schools right now, along with uh, the newly formed uh, Long Island University hockey program. So you guys are in a bit of a unique situation uh, compared to a lot of other uh, college hockey teams uh, that that don't or in the just for the reason that you don't play in a specific conference. So uh, what what is that like for you guys not having a conference and kind of um, playing against uh, other teams that, that are in conferences? Um, it's, it's actually pretty nice. Cause you, you know, you go all over the place, you play a whole bunch of teams from all different conferences. You're not really restricted to a certain conference for a certain amount of games. Um, the, uh, the downside of it is that there's no playoffs, um, to get into the tournament. So if you're going to make it to the tournament, you have to, uh, get in based on your ranking. So that makes it difficult, um, because, I think it just feels like every game is that much more difficult or that much more uh, important to win because, you know, you can lose a game, uh, you know, in the middle of the season to a lower ranked team and it's going to affect you. It could end up affecting whether you make it to the tournament or not um, at the end of the year. So that's difficult, but it's pretty cool because you get to go all over the country. I mean, I don't know how many schools I've been to during my time here, but it's been a lot and it's been a really fun experience just to see all these campuses and all these schools that you grew up hearing about. I never really thought I'd get to visit them and, you know, wear a Jersey and play against these, you know, iconic schools. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Speaking of some of these iconic schools, um, you guys so far this season, uh, are, are pretty much exclusively playing teams in the big 10 conference. Um, and a, a lot of the top teams and the kind of prestigious programs are, are in that program or that conference. Sorry. Uh, what's it been like for you guys so far? I know it's still early in the season, but what's it been like facing the facing off against the big 10 conference? Yeah, so we have to, we're basically in the Big Ten Conference this year. We're not going to play any other teams uh, outside of Big Ten because of COVID. Um, you know, the con- we couldn't just jump from conference to conference just because right. of um, the risks involved with doing that. So uh, we basically joined the Big Ten for this season. And uh, it's been good. I mean, I think we got off to a slow start. Um, our first game, our first uh series against Michigan was pretty rough. Uh, they, they swept us and then, uh, we lost against Michigan state as well. And then, but we've done well since then. Um, so I think it's, it's an adjustment. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, you're obviously playing against top teams every night. You can't take a night off. Um, it's, it's fast paced. It's highly skilled. And, you know, we have a lot of new guys on our team this season. So I think it took maybe three or four games to, to get our feet under us and to figure it out. But I think our last four games have definitely been a lot better. And I think, uh, we've kind of found our footing a little bit and we're feeling really confident right now. Yeah. I want to get into a little bit more of your, your personal uh, career there so far at Arizona state. So, uh, in your freshman season, you, I think you only got into the one game, which isn't uncommon for a freshman goalie, uh, for that to happen. But, uh, the next year, which was last year, your sophomore year, you, uh, kind of took on a, a pretty big workload and had a pretty successful season. So, um, just transitioning from mostly practicing in your freshman year, playing only the one game and then getting tossed into a, more of a, a work, uh, uh, more of a workhorse role. What was that like for you to make that transition? 
Um, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I mean, obviously my freshman year, I knew I was going to be the backup. I was playing behind, uh, Joey Decord, who's, uh, you know, obviously a very good goalie and he was one of the top goalies in the country. So I knew my role my freshman year and, um, you know, I, you expect to get into more games than, than just one, but I mean, he was playing so well that you just couldn't justify pulling him out of the net. So, um, but I felt confident going into my sophomore year because, you know, I, even though I didn't play the year before, I felt confident that if I had played, I would have done well. Um, so, you know, coaches had faith in me. I, I worked hard in practice and I think they saw what I was capable of doing. And, you know, they, they said that they had faith in me going into this, my sophomore year. It, it was just up, up to me to take the job and run with it. And I was able to do that. Um, I got off to a, a little bit of a slow start. It took me a couple of games to to figure it out. I mean, I hadn't played a game in a year and a half at that point. So that was kind of difficult to get back into game scenario uh, situations. But um, once I figured it out, it, it got a lot easier and ended up having a, a decent season. And that brings us to this season. Uh, you, you already mentioned the that first series and, and personally your first game against Michigan probably didn't go uh, as you or the team had hoped. But since then, uh, you guys have been playing well and you you yourself have been playing well as well. Um, so now that you're a few games into the season um, and you have a, a couple wins under your belt, how are you feeling about your game personally? I'm feeling really good. I mean, obviously, yeah, that first game was a tough one. Um, I think our whole team just came out flat, including myself. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I wasn't overly thrilled with my second game either. So, you know, it's been a long break and, and with COVID and everything. So it took a couple games to, to get back into, you know, playing form and get that intensity back. But um, my last couple starts, I feel really good about. And, uh, yeah, I'm really happy with where I'm at right now. Yeah, so now um, maybe shift gears a little bit here and get into your time in the BCHL. Um, you, you played two years in the league before heading off to, to college. Uh, you're probably best known for your time in PG because uh, of the success you and the team had. But uh, in your first year, you played with the Nanaimo Clippers in 2016-17. Um, I, I just want to touch on that year uh, first. So the team and yourself kind of were, were middle of the pack in the, in the regular season. Uh, but come playoff time, um, you guys did lose in, in five games there. But you personally, you had a, a really strong uh, playoffs and, and played really well for the team. So I'm just wondering if, if those five games and, and that, although it was a short stretch, um, did that kind of, was that kind of significant for you, especially given how you kind of showed up next year and the way you played the year after? Uh, I think so. I'm, I'm not overly sure. I mean, um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do that off season. Um, I was coming off a tough year uh, that year in Nanaimo. I, I didn't play well at all. Um, not nearly up to my standard and I played decent in the playoffs there, but it was just a five game stint. And, you know, we lost to Victoria who was a really good team that season. Um, and then I was planning on coming back and, and obviously sticking with the Nino for the next year, but I got a call halfway through the summer um, saying that I had been traded to Prince George and I wasn't too sure what I was going to do, you know, I, I, I hadn't talked to an NCAA 
school in like two years at that point. I mean, I was coming off a really tough year and I just thought, you know, I think the dream's probably over at this point. Um, so I was actually thinking about quitting and just going to school, um, in Canada somewhere. And after I got traded though, I got a phone call from uh, Alex even who was the assistant coach and the goalie coach at Prince George. And he, you know, talked to me about what he saw in me last year. He talked about my five games in the playoffs there. Um, and he kind of reinvigorated, uh, my passion. Like he, he was like, man, I, he told me, he thought I had what it takes. He thought that, uh, you know, I still had more to give. And so he kind of, you know, lit a fire under me and, uh, got me a little bit excited about the season. And then once I showed up, we, him and I did a lot of work together and, you know, we started seeing results pretty quickly, um, good results. And, you know, once I started seeing those good results, I got a lot of confidence and, you know, from then on out, it was kind of smooth sailing. Um, I, I ended up having a fantastic season and it, it's kind of funny cause I, I didn't think I would, I, you know, I, I had nearly given up and it's, you know, it just takes that one person to kind of believe in you and, and work with you. And it's amazing what happens. I mean, I can't believe if you would have told me that, you know, it would play out and I would be in my third year at Arizona state, um, you know, after that season that I had in Anamo, I, I would have said you're crazy, but you know, it's funny how life works that way. Yeah, well, it's a, a good thing you stuck with it for for yourself and for uh, the team there in Prince George. Um, th- that next season in Prince George, you finished top five in goals against average and save percentage in the regular season. Uh, same idea in the playoffs. And uh, the Spruce Kings and you, led by you, uh, made a run to the Fred Page Cup final. Um, what are your memories of that season from a team perspective? That was the most fun I've ever had on a team. And it wasn't just because of my personal success. It was, you know, I've never been on a team that was just, you know, so tight knit and so cohesive. And, uh, you know, everyone says, you know, living in Prince George, uh, you know, must be kind of tough. You're, you're out in the middle of nowhere and the bus rides have to be awful and stuff like that. But everything about that is wrong. It's the complete opposite. You know, you're living in Prince George and, um, you know, everything you do is, is together as a team and those bus rides. I mean, you spend eight hours, uh, our shortest road trip was eight hours, which sounds, sounds bad, but you know, you get to spend eight hours with your team on the bus the whole time. And the best part was they treated us so well. Like we stayed in a really nice hotel every week and our bus was really nice because we had sleeper bunks. So really, I mean, eight hour bus ride, you can sleep in a bed for four of those hours and it's, you know, it's not too bad of a ride. So it was, it was so much fun. Um, it was one of those seasons where, you know, I think at the end of the season, you know, we made it to the finals and I think, it wasn't we didn't it wasn't that we wanted to win so badly that we kept making it farther and farther. It was that we didn't want the season to end because we were just having so much fun. So it was like, you know, we want to keep this season going as long as possible just because of how much fun we're having. So that was kind of the attitude that we had. And uh yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a fantastic season and yeah, one I'll never forget. 
Yeah. And your group there in 2017, 18, you guys kind of laid the groundwork for that team the next season, 2018, 19, that actually did end up winning the championship and they, they went 16 and one in the playoffs and just dominated. And I know, uh, uh, there's a, a good core group that returned from that team. So, um, I, I think I probably already know the answer, but were you following that pretty closely? And, and what did you feel about, um, them winning that knowing you guys kind of helped, uh, help lay the groundwork for that? Yeah, of course. Um, it, it just felt happy for the guys. Um, you know, they definitely deserved it. And I, I wasn't surprised just how much they learned. Like the season that the, the playoffs that we had, um, you know, making it as far as we did, it was crazy to see the young guys on the team. Cause you know, I was, I was in my overage year. I, I was, you know, one of the oldest guys on the team and it was amazing to see the maturity level of the younger guys on our team just completely changed right in front of your eyes. Like you could just see it clear as day. Like I remember we ended up losing the first game of the playoffs uh, the year that we made it to the finals. And I remember a younger guy on our team was crying in the dressing room. Like there was tears in his eyes because he was so upset that we lost. And, you know, like I, I had to tell him like, Hey man, like if you, if you thought that we were just going to sweep every team we play again and not lose a single game of the playoffs, you're nuts. Like this is, you know, this is playoff hockey. Don't get all so upset over one game. And, you know, and then to see that same guy, um, at the end of the playoffs, just how much of a leader he was and how much he had grown. And it was only over like a two month span was just insane. It, it was black and white, how much different it was. So, I wasn't surprised because, you know, he was one of the returning players and one of the players that led that team to win a championship. And there was all kinds of guys like that where, you know, they just learned so much from that playoff run. And I wasn't surprised that they were able to bring it over to the next season. And then when they were put in the exact same situation again, they, they, I mean, they dominated, they only lost one game. So, you know, I think, uh, I think I, you know, just to see that play out was pretty fulfilling just for those guys. Cause they, they definitely earned it the year before. All right. Uh, just one more question for you. Finish up on kind of more of a big picture question here. So I, and, and you know, for sure. And you, you just touched on it in an answer earlier, but the, for BCHL players beyond kind of team goals and, and championship aspirations, uh, individual players goals are, are most, most often to get a scholarship, um, while they're playing in the BCHL. So now that you're in college, uh, what are kind of your big picture goals here as you, uh, as you play in your junior season, what, what are you looking for in the future? Well, I mean, I, you know, I'd like to move on to the next level, whatever that is, um, you know, professionally, but, you know, I, I always say just, I, I think as long as you worry about just playing well as a team and winning, um, and it sounds cliche, but the, the rest will handle itself. I mean, I went into that last year in Prince George um, with the scholarship not being on my mind at all. I mean, I hadn't had a had a whiff from a college team in years. And, you know, I just went in there thinking I'm just going to have fun. It's my last year of hockey probably. And, you know, I'm going to work as hard as I can and I'm going to try and play the best that I can. But, you know, it's probably not going to you know, end up in a scholarship and that's exactly what happened. It did end up with a scholarship. So I kind of brought that to college hockey as well. I mean, we're trying to win a championship here. Um, And I think if you ask anyone on our team, that's, 
you know, what matters most to our program. And that's why we've been so successful um, is not the individual stuff. Because if you look at our, our roster over the last few years, we're definitely not the most skilled team um, in the country. But I think, you know, we all play for the same reason and we all have the same goal in mind, which is a team goal. And, you know, through that, we've had a lot of individual success as well. I mean, Joey Decord um, ended up playing an NHL game my first year and when I was uh, my first year at Arizona State. And we've had other guys move on to pro as well. So, yeah, I think, you know, if you just focus on getting to the next level individually, I think it probably harms you in the long run more than it helps you. All right. Well, I really appreciate the insight. It was a, a great conversation. And thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, anytime. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much to Evan DeBrower for joining us this week. And that brings us to our second and final interview, Rochester Institute of Technology forward Will Calverly. Like DeBrower, Calverly also spent two years in the BCHL and is also in his junior season in the NCAA. Calverly spent both of his BCHL seasons with the Chilliwack Chiefs, and most notably in 2017-18, he captained the Chiefs team that captured the 2018 RBC Cup on home ice, scoring six goals in six games on his way to being named tournament MVP. Now in his third year in college, he's off to a great start. He had a hat trick in his first game this season and was named Atlantic Hockey Conference Player of the Week. And since then, he's managed to put up six points in four games so far this season. His team is preparing to play Long Island University this weekend, who are in their first year of being in Division One college hockey. But he was able to make time for us this week. So let's go to him right now. So first thing I want to ask you about is um, earlier in the fall, it was announced that uh, RIT was not going to play uh, men's hockey this season. And then obviously uh, things changed in in the months afterwards and the weeks afterwards. And uh, the program was reinstated and and you guys are are up and running now. So just wondering what that was like for you and your teammates uh, early earlier this year with all that uncertainty. Uh, yeah, well, obviously it was a really disappointing when we first found out the news, but, um, uh, the school thought the, the school was doing what they thought was best for us, but, um, I got to give our seniors a lot of credit. They, uh, they fought hard and came up with a game plan and went to our coaches with it and then kind of got approval from them and then kind of went to social media just to show the support. And we felt that if our league was going to continue to play that they should at least, we should at least have the chance to play games this year if the league was continuing and I think our seniors really did a good job in uh, fighting for that and once they said it was back it was uh it was kind of game on from there we just started practicing getting ready for our first game yeah with with that uncertainty and, and I know uh for a while there it wasn't looking great but um with all that going on did did it affect your preparation for the season at all or were you kind of even with the news preparing as if you were going to play well uh, actually so our school um our school had um, canceled, not canceled, I guess suspended um, all sports for uh, 10 days because the COVID levels were going up on campus. So we were actually done practicing. We weren't practicing for those 10 days. And then I think halfway through those 10 days, we got the news that our season was uh, canceled. So we, we didn't really know what to expect. But um, once we found the news, we had to wait out the 10 day. And then the 10 days were over uh, and we were still canceled i guess and then 
once we got reinstated, we had to wait a five extra days, I think, before we could even practice. And we had about a week and a half to get ready for our first game. Well, that didn't uh, seem to affect you too much because that first game, uh, first regular season game, you ended up getting a hat trick. Um, you were named uh, Atlanta Hockey Player of the Week that week. Uh, so far through four games, you got six points. Um, what, what's it been like for you? And, and why, why do you think uh, things have been working so well for you offensively to start here? Um, I, I think it's just the excitement to play. I, I think it's just, um, you know, we're not taking any great games for granted here. We're, you know, we're lucky to be playing right now with everything going on. So I think we just want to get out there and make the most of it. And, uh, obviously a couple bounces went my way the first night, but I'll take them, but no, it's, I think it's just the excitement and hoping just trying to make the most of it. Cause you never know when a game might get canceled or when it will be your last. And then I know uh, every year is different with college hockey, with players uh, graduating and, and new players coming in. But you've had four games now to kind of assess the team this year. You guys are two, one, and one. Uh, what's your your early assessment? <clears throat> Excuse me, early assessment in the team. Um, I think I think we're great. I think we're we're an offensive team right now. We got a a couple of young defensemen on our back end, but I think they've done a great job stepping up and uh, adjusting to the college hockey game. I think that. Um, we're, we're going to be an entertaining team and a hard team to play against. We're going to get in on the four check and we're going to play you guys. We're going to play teams hard, but I think uh, we'll, we'll be able to find the back in there a little bit. So looking ahead now, you guys, uh, you're taking on Long Island University this weekend. And for, for those that don't know, that's the, the newest uh, Div 1 college program this year. Uh, they've only played a couple games, but uh, one of those games was a win. Uh, what are you expecting from them this weekend? Um, kind of saying, I think they're going to come out and try to prove themselves. Like you said, they've, they've only had two games so far, so they want to prove that, that they can compete with anybody. So they're going to come out flying and they're going to play hard, but we just got to be prepared for it. And I think, um, if, if we manage that, we'll be, we'll be fine this weekend. They're going to be a good team, but I think, uh, they're going to work hard and battle hard. Well, this is a, a BCHL podcast, so I do want to bring you back to your BCHL days uh, for a little bit here. So um, just going back to kind of the start of your career uh, in Chilliwack, you, uh, you're from Ontario. You played your, your youth hockey there. Uh, what led to the decision uh, for you to come out to the BCHL and play for Chilliwack? Um, so when I was playing in Ontario, um, my coach at the time was uh, really good buddies with the assistant coach of Chilliwack, and he's from Scarborough, which is where I'm from. So we had that little connection and um, uh, my coach actually played for Penticton back in the day. And he told me that going out to out West to BC was probably one of the best decisions I could make for my hockey career. And uh, he wasn't wrong. It was probably the best thing I did hockey wise. So you were a couple, uh, part of a couple of great teams in Chilliwack in your time there. Um, the first one I'll ask you about man, might be a bit of a painful memory for you, but that 2016-17 team, uh, you guys made it all the way to Game 7 of the Fred Page Cup Final. Uh, ended up being a one nothing loss in overtime for you guys to Penticton. Um, thinking back on that season, um, what are your memories of that? I know you guys had so much success, but it, it did end in a, in a tough way for you guys. Um, that just kind of like what I've learned throughout that year. I, I was able to play with a lot of great guys within that Jordan Kawaguchi, Colin Olszewski and uh, Jake Smith. Just a lot of guys were able to teach me a lot about hockey and just like see the way they were able to work and compete every day and be ready for every game. Um, and then honestly, I think we went on, I think that year we went on like a 15 game win streak. So 
obviously when you're winning hockey, it makes it fun. So that's probably one of the most memorable moments that year. Yeah, you brought up Jordan Kawaguchi. I wanted to, to ask you about him as well. You played with him that year, and he's gone on to to be a star for North Dakota. He was uh, in the Hobie Baker Final Three last year. Um, does that surprise you at all to see him have so much success, knowing uh, what kind of player he was back in his BCHL days? Uh, not at all. He was he was a star back in uh, Chilliwack, and you, you kind of knew it as soon as you walked. Like my first day in Chilliwack, you kind of knew that this guy was going to be something special just the way he handled himself on and off the ice. And, uh, it's been no different at the college level. So that, that next season, the 27, 18 season, uh, you guys lost in the first round of the playoffs, but you were hosting the RBC cup. So you obviously knew you had uh, something to play for later on. Uh, I, I want to specifically ask you, you guys, after you went out in the first round, you, you made a coaching change. Um, and that seemed to kind of spark the guys a little bit, um, for, from your memories, what was that transition? Like, I know you guys had so much time off in between, uh, the, the end of the playoffs and the RBC, uh, I think it was about a month and a half. So what was that like for you and your teammates with a new coach and having so much downtime, but knowing you had such a big tournament to prepare for? Yeah. Yeah. The month and a half, it was, uh, it was a lot of hard work. It was, there was a lot of two a day workouts. We'd work out in the morning, do the hills, the mountain, some of the mountains in Cholak and then go practice and then end up lifting weights in the, uh, in the afternoon. So it was, it was a grind. Obviously we would have liked to have been playing, but I think the coaching staff in Cholak did a great job keeping us in shape and kind of keeping things light and fun. We'd scrimmage every week. That way we weren't getting bored with stuff. And then, yeah, I think, I think it was 10 days before the tournament. We ended up getting the coaching change. And I think Malone, uh, Maloney just brought a positive energy and he knew that uh, we weren't system-wise, it was going to be tough to implement his style of coaching. So he just wanted us to work hard and use the conditioning that we had been working on for that month and a half to just kind of give us the best best chance of that tournament. Yeah, so by the time the tournament came around, you guys were, were well-rested and kind of just started rolling as the games went on. Uh, you ended up uh, making it to the final. Uh, in that final, you guys got down early but ended up coming back to win. Uh, a game on national TV like that at home, like I'm sure that's that's got to be a career highlight for you. What what uh, what do you think about when you when you uh, think back to that moment? Oh, that, that by far the, the craziest game that I've ever been a part of. It's just the, the fans were so loud. And I just remember going into that second intermission down two one. And we were saying to ourselves, like, look, this place is sold out right now. We got a ton of people watching back home and we, we knew that the fans were going to ride and they were going to be loud in that third period. And they did not disappoint it. Honestly, it just helped us gain energy going out for that third period. And we got, I think we got a goal early in that third and uh, we never looked back. And you uh, personally had a pretty great tournament. You had led the tournament in goals, six goals in six games. You were the tournament MVP. Um, I'd imagine it would it was kind of felt uh, during that tournament that pretty much uh, you were scoring at will. Uh, what, what's it like to, to have that feeling, to be so confident in yourself offensively, knowing that if you get the opportunity, you're, you're most likely going to bury it? Oh, it's, it's a great feeling. You just, you just try to put everything on that at that point and, you get some bounces at the end of the day that um, help, but no, you just, you're just so confident that um, any puck you have, you just want to put it to the net because you know, there's a chance that it might go in. And then after that season, uh, you d- you did head off to, to RIT, just wondering, uh, I know uh, it's a big decision for a lot of guys uh, when they're, they're looking at what school to go to. What, why did you ultimately end up choosing RIT? Why was it such a, a good fit for you? 
Well, um, it's close to home, so that's always nice. And uh, so my parents can come down quite a bit. I see them. They're, they're at pretty much every home game I have here, which is always nice. But um, no, they showed interest early, and uh, they kind of stuck with me through through juniors, and they were always like checking in on me. And also that coach that actually got me to Chilliwack played at RIT and had nothing but great things to say about the program and everything I've seen about the program. It was uh, top-notch, so I figured, why not? Last question for you. I, I know uh, you were the Chilliwack's captain in your second year there, and I see you've been named an assistant uh, with the Tigers this year. So uh, I'm just wondering, uh, like uh, from a leadership point of view, what, what do you hope to accomplish, and why do you think uh, you kind of relish that role of being uh, a leader on a team? Um, I I just want, I guess, to, to accomplish as a leader. I just want everyone to, to play the game hard and, kind of just respect everybody, you know, um, obviously seniors, freshmen, there's a big age gap between, between the classes, but I think that just, I want everyone to be treated equally and everyone to just come to the rink happy with a smile on their face and ready to work for each other in the locker room. Because at the end of the day, uh, you're playing for the guy beside you, whether he's a senior freshman. Um, so if we could just be what, like just come together as one team, I think it, it makes everything that much easier. Great. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I know you uh, you got a big series against LIU this weekend. So uh, thanks a lot for talking with us. Appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. All right. Thank you to Will Calverly for joining us today. And another big thank you to our other guest, Evan DeBrower. A couple of great interviews this week. That'll do it for the VCHL podcast for this week. We will be back again next week. Thanks again to our two guests. Thank you to super producer Greg Ballack for putting this thing together. And a big thank you to you, the listeners. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>